What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Angels podcast. The podcast that would love to grow its hair into a mullet to welcome back Kyle Lafferty, but I think God will have something to say about that. This week on Heart and Hand, payoffs, Sports Direct, it's not been a good start to the week. Welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar and I'm joined tonight by two titans of the Heart and Hand universe. One a name you'll know and one making his first appearance. First up is the lovely Mr. Martin Ramsey. Good evening, gentlemen. And joining us, uh, making his debut, but he's been a, a smash hit on the Patreon site for those of you who subscribe, it's Jack Shaw. How we doing, guys? Happy to be here. Are you excited? First team debut and all that, Jack? You ready to... to you've been doing well in the... You know, you've you've caught the gaffer's eye in training, and now you're in into the the first team. You're the Glenn Middleton. Uh, oh, hopefully I can do a Sadiq and score a goal for sure. Ah, uh, well, he didn't, but <laughs> but you can claim it the way he did. But we will we will come to uh, the big gazelle uh, later on. But kicking things off, we do prefer to start with the football lads, obviously, and. Uh, the most depressing time of doing this pod and being a Rangers fan recent years when we had to kick off every fucking show talking about off-the-field things, but it would be remiss of us not to start with the news uh, about Sports Direct. Um, As you may have known, Rangers were poised to sign a new contract with another kit supplier. Uh, That was likely rumoured to be JD Sports. However, Sports Direct went to court saying that they had a clause in the contract with Rangers, which was signed last season, that they had the right to match any bid 
uh, from any other competitor. And what that means is it's a fairly standard business clause. Uh, it's not unusual, but what it means is that if you have a relationship with a supplier, um, you put this clause in and you can still go and accept tenders for other for, for the services from other businesses, but you are required to show the your existing supplier this and say, well, they're offering us this amount of money, this type of supply, these other options. Can you do that? And if they say yes, and they do do all that, you automatically stay with them. That's what one of these clauses mean. Sports Direct claimed that they had that. Rangers claimed uh, that they hadn't, in fact, matched the deal. It was set for a court hearing, but then today came the announcement from the court uh, that Rangers have negotiated a deal with Sports Direct and the court found Rangers liable for the costs. Um, Rangers estimated to be about 185,000. Sports Direct estimated around about 350,000. Rangers querying why it is that much, but still. Uh, it's going to be a legal bill of around about half a million pounds for Rangers to this, and we are going to be stuck with Sports Direct. Martin, it's very disappointing because I think that the noise is coming where that we were going to be rid of Fat Mike. No, it is. Um, it just never seems to go away. Um, but like most of these things, most things regarding football, off the field stuff, uh, politics, I guess, um, the optics and maybe the actual hard reality are quite far apart. Um, I think today's disappointment is nowhere near the kind of disappointments we've had over the last few years. Um, unless I've misunderstood it for now. Actually, it means the same as the JD deal would have been. Uh, uh, it has to be the same in every aspect. So yeah. we will put your strip into X amount of places. We will provide this um, much advertising. Just, they have to match everything, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so in terms of the balance sheet, it doesn't change anything. It's a, it's a civil taste. It's um, a relationship with a, uh, an, an odious organisation. Um in general, not just with regards um, Rangers Football Club over the past few years. Um, so we very different from the kind of contracts that, that saw the boycotts where we were getting, what, 7p a strip or something? Mm. Uh, um, that it made financial sense then to boycott because this is clearly ridiculous. It, it was, onerous was being generous um, in terms of the language. Um, whereas this just seems more of a it's more optics. It's more of a how, the, how does this feel rather than uh, the kind of hard reality, which is that nothing much is going to change. And it doesn't look a great day for Rangers. The optics are pretty poor for the board. Um, a lot of that could have been managed better in terms of expectations beforehand. Um, a lot of, so I read a lot of people saying, you know, three million just to get this kind of deal. Well, true, but we would have, what, another four or five years left another of, four. of this? Yeah, we would have another four. Um, and of 7p a strip. I'm going to guess the potential, living, yeah, the potential revenue loss from that um, would be far in excess of £3 million. I'll be generous to three and a half, given what we've had to pay for today. I'm guessing we hope it would be better and they would just give up uh, and, and walk away. I think that was maybe a wee bit naive. And again, the language could have been... Um, a wee bit better uh, in advance of today um, because, as I said, the optics are, are pretty drastic. But I'm not entirely sure once the dust settles in, clearly we've got a, a lot more information maybe to get from it. Um, how much really changes? 
will buying the strips in our store be different commercially than, than buying from Sports Direct anyone who goes to Sports Direct if there, if there are any people left um, because if, if it is wildly different again what are we losing here? I think that in terms of the actual deal itself it's a good deal believe it or not yeah. if Rangers were if it was just a fresh deal and we had Sports Direct and JD Sports coming to us and they offered both of us offered us these identical deals then everyone would be pleased with them. They are good deals for Rangers. They make financial sense. We'll make money from it. It's it's not that. It's the history. It's actually, it's, yeah. as you say, an, an organisation. Still being in bed, we might. Yeah, exactly. It's an organisation that we hate. And unfortunately, there's no way with this, Jack, to get money to Rangers through strips without profiting Mike Ashley. That's the problem with this deal. And for a lot of Rangers fans, myself included, that leaves a very, very sour taste. Oh, it's a horrible taste. Um, Mike Ashley is a prick. He would steal the smell off your shoe to make a buck, you know. Um, <laughs> that's the type of insight you're going to get off me. He's, a, <laughs> he's just a, a, a horrible person, but he's a, he's a billionaire and he can afford these legal fees and any agenda that he wants to push, he can almost push. Uh, and he's up against Dave King, who we all know uh, loves a square go as well. So it's like the immovable force for mm. you whatever it is you know so I would as long as Rangers financially are no worse off then I suppose it's other than it leaving a stinking taste in your mouth it's not the worst thing that's ever happened I'm not sure how the, the sponsorship now goes you know the, the sports direct on your hoardings and stuff like that is all that stuff is that still involved that would have been moment? part of it well it depends again on what JD Sports were offering yeah. so uh, all that Sports Direct can do is match JD's offer they can't add in clauses because Rangers could say well you're now not matching you're now wanting something extra so if Rangers were prepared to give JD Sports that advertising and JD Sports had that in their tender then yes you will see it. If, however, Sports Direct, um, th that clause wasn't there, and Sports Direct then come in and say, oh, and we want the advertising, that would be a deal-breaker. Rangers could then say, ah, you're not matching them, you want all this free advertising, you're, you know, get to. So I doubt it, but again, you never know. Um, I remember years ago a journalist telling me uh, the thing about Mike Ashley, with, with, he worked in Newcastle for a number of years, and he said, Mike Ashley always wins. He always comes out of stuff okay, you have to understand that. And it's about sometimes getting the least bad option. Yeah. And we have to remember, Martin, that this wasn't a case of Mike Ashley coming in and working magic. This was a case of Mike Ashley walking into a room where our previous directors had been over, lubed up our club and told him to have his way. So, I mean, to extricate ourselves from it was never going to be easy anyway. But when you add in that he held all the cards because he'd been given all the cards by people that were supposed to be looking after our interests, that tells you how difficult it is and continues to be. It's a hangover, it would appear to me. Um, I, and I think anyone who thought that that £3 million payoff was going to just make everything evaporate and the whole stench of the last four or five years just disappear um, I think that might have been slightly naive I still think the board could have been just better in their communication 
Um, well, yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about that. For us. Yeah, let's talk. I'm pretty about sure that. Dave King had said that this was a possibility, but I don't think he's really gone into it too much. No, we should have managed this better because the fans believed, and I think had been led to believe or allowed to believe that there was no chance of this happening. Whereas I think it would have been better to plant this seed a little bit and manage the expectations. He did say maybe. it was possibility, I'm sure. He said it once but at the AGM and He could have he could have done a lot he could have done a lot more to just continue, continue. By the way, by the way, um but it seems just an hope rather than anything else, just a bit of bluster which um we are we're well used to now sadly. But again, perhaps a wee bit of perspective. Um it's it, I, I think it's an optics thing it, it doesn't sit well with any of us I'm sure well I'll say any of us people wearing about those knocked off tops for Turkey in their hundreds uh, the last two home games so um, I'm not sure how, how many people really care that much but for a lot of us it will sit very very badly um, but if the same deal is in place as it was with G, uh, JD as long as the sheets are coming in really once the dust settled that, that's really all that matters at this minute in time. As we, a total, we need a retail operation that actually works, yeah. which we didn't have. We couldn't have with seven Pierce strip. No, of course. I was going to say, as a a bit of a layman fan, I was definitely of the impression that the Sports Direct were, were never going to be anywhere near Ibrox again. Um, I know you're saying that Dave King had mentioned it. Hey, James, it might be a possibility, but. With uh, the Hummel releasing the, the strips and stuff like that a couple of weeks ago, full of fanfare and excitement, and I'm thinking I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy these tops, and all the money's going to be going to Rangers, and Mike Ashley will never be smelt again at Ibrox. I kind of thought that it was done with, and I'm just I'm a bit disappointed. Like I, f- I feel a bit, I just feel a bit let down by the board that it was. I'm not saying they had it away from people, but it definitely wasn't at the forefront of anything that's been said in the past couple of weeks or months. Yeah, it's a sin of a mission. Uh, I actually think now, some people have mentioned that Sports Direct's profits were down 73% this year. I do suspect that in a normal year's trading for them, that they probably would have just went, fine, um, we don't want to give Rangers a brilliant deal, you know, they don't like us as much as we don't like them. I think it's probably, they were like, no, hang on, this is money. Um, we need to... You know, we can't let that walk away from the table. Um, and actually, for once, so many of Mike Ashley's dealings with us have been spiteful to the interests of his company because he's, you know, as you say, he's he's put off, OK, there might be Rangers fans that still regularly use Sports Direct. I would hope not, but there might be. But there are thousands who never would. Um, and I'll admit to back pre-2000 12 occasionally nipping in there and buying some stuff would never dream of doing it now and for once actually he's doing something that probably is in the interest of making money um which is pretty galling and you're right i think rangers did think that they would be able to to just walk away what really sticks in my craw martin look i accept first of all the three million to get out of the seven p a a strip seven-year contract Look, it was a sickener, we had to eat it, it was the right thing to do, was. This clause, if they insisted on it, there was nothing we could do. They held the whip hand in those negotiations, I accept that. If they said, oh, and we want this, what were we going to say? No? Then they go, right, fine, we'll just stick with this contract. There was nothing, I accept that. I'd be bloody disappointed if it happened again, 
And the other thing which uh, I think that what really, really does stick in my craw, and this is why I've been critical of Rangers, because I, much as I share Jack's disappointment, and he's right, and much as I feel it could have been managed from a press point of view, or a PR point of view rather, better, the thing that sticks in my craw is Rangers have spunked half a million pounds on this pointless co-op nonsense. We are not in a position to be spunking half a million pounds and getting fuck all in return, Martin. It was a hit and hope, it would appear. It was an expensive um, hit and hope. Yeah, um, it was... Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, it was... Uh, was it the, the case that we had... We believed that we had shown them everything that we needed to show, so it wasn't a case of, well, we, you know, we don't have to... We weren't disputing the matching... Um, no, we didn't dispute the clause existed. In principle, yeah. it, was, it was just disputing the, the, the amount of information, which... I mean, if you've seen contracts before, Davey, it's, I work with them all the time. There's some things, there's a bit of interpretation going on there. Oh, there's there probably is an argument to say, well, actually, del- I think we've, we've, we've shown them all we need yeah. to see. They're, they're, they're um, written deliberately like all that. All they need to see, sorry. Absolutely, they're written de- deliberately like that so that there will be interpretation. It's yeah. why so many contract disputes end up in front of lawyers and in front of judges because it's then down to how you interpret certain phrases in it. But... Even so, what remember Rangers didn't lose in court. Rangers accepted. Yeah. That Rangers accepted during the process before it came back to court, and uh, cut a deal with Sports Direct. So what happened between starting this and not finishing it? What? Well, Lionel Hutz has looked at the contract again. Oh <laughs> shit! Yeah, you're right. That's that's what it's galling me a little bit. Rangers lawyers. Um, you know what what happened? Why a month ago did you say, "Yeah, you're right, we can win this," and then a month later, without even a judge adjudicating on it, saying, "Oh, actually, no, no, you're fucked." That to me has cost us half a million banana, and and on top of the fact that we're going to have to have to still deal with them, and like it, it does, it galls me. It really it pisses me off something chronic, and. There's nothing we can do about it. I understand it, but it's frustrating. Jack, will you still purchase strips? I'll still buy. I'll still buy a strip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I will too. But I do understand I people saying yes. they won't. But I mean, I still will too. But I'll hold my nose and do it because the money does well go to the club a significant amount. But um, I'll investigate any possible way to limit the cash. Get you know, yeah. if I need to, if I need to, we need to send a van to Denmark. To Hummel, <laughs> then let's get this organised, lads. We'll, we'll drop in in the loud ups while we're there. But uh, Martin, there have been some fans saying, "Nope, don't care." Um, even if we get the lion's share of the money or whatever, I'm just not buying. If Mike Ashley make money from it, end of story. Um, understandable, but maybe not the most. Well, it, it, undoubtedly, it's, it's the money's not going into Rangers at all. Then no. Um, that that is an emotional reaction. It's a very understandable one, given everything that man's trying to try to do to us over the last few years. Um, I think tonight that's that's a perfectly understandable response for some people. Um, I've, I've seen a few people just trying to equate it with the last the last one. Well, you know, do are we boycotting this as well? Um, but I think they're they're very very different. There was a a pragmatic reason for the last boycott. And that this could not continue, that contract could not possibly continue. Um, yes, Rangers lost out 
if you don't buy a strip, but it was negligible. Um, the potential here makes no difference to the supplier, and it makes no difference who the supplier is. The potential for Rangers to um, rake in the money with the terms of this contract, that, that supplier doesn't affect that. Um, so it's, it's a purely moral objection, which, you know, each to their own. Um, but it's it's the two things are, are they're not remotely similar. I don't think. But we're all agreed that he has a loathsome fat cunt. And fat cunt's going to fat cunt. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's he's so, that's just who he is. Um, <laughs> is uh, if if Dave thought by continuing to fight the most ludicrous fights, um, he would just get him to you know just get bored and and, and go away. Um, I think that's probably a touch, uh, touch naive as well. Yeah, and they've got better lawyers than we have, clearly. <laughs> um, lawyers are, yeah, the, the, coming in in airmen, I think. Um, uh, private jets and whatever else, I think they clearly uh, inflated their fees for, well, for the laws. I, I did think you know. that when I said, well, Rangers costs were 185 and they were 350, clearly they've been at it. And then it, it hit me, no, they won, so maybe they're just better lawyers <laughs> and that's <laughs> how much you pay. You get what you pay for. You get what you, you, get pay, what you pay for, for there, yeah, uh, for sure. You know, maybe as you say, we shouldn't have went for Lionel McHutt's, uh, you know, <laughs> offices in all the major places in the world, Scottsdale, Possel. Um, it's maybe time to have a wee look at, uh, at what we're doing there. But anyway, right, um, let's move on to some football and some good football from a Rangers point of view. We'll start off with the much more important of the two matches, which was Thursday night in Croatia. Rangers took on Osijek, um, the Croatian side who had uh, a very good home European record. They had, in fact, knocked PSV Eindhoven out of the tournament at this stage last year. Rangers won one now, goal to, from Alfredo Morelos, who was excellent, I thought, overall, after a really dreadful display against Scoopy, I thought he absolutely answered all the questions that, that me and you and everybody else was asking. I thought he had a great game for us. Defence held up to uh, a lot of pressure from Osijek and Martin, that is a big victory. I mean, it's a win in Croatia and I don't care what era of Scottish football that we're in uh, or, or what we are like as a club at the moment. Any time in the last 20 years, that's a really, really great result. No, there's no getting away from it. Um... It's it's an excellent result. We've seen far better Rangers teams struggle in parts of the world like that in the past. Um, uh, there are no mugs at home in Europe. Um, there are no mugs at home domestically. I think they just banked Hadrick split, did they not? Yeah, did the weekend for one. Um, they are. Uh, that was a, it. Was a superb result, and I think we we talked in the live show um, about the the impact of Alan McGregor. I think that's clear to see. A lot of us had issues with Wes. Um, but I don't think goalkeeper was our priority area um, this summer, but clearly Gerard or maybe Mark Allen um, had, had other ideas, and I think that influence is evident, although it's still very, very early. Goldson looks what we hoped he would look like, but again, very, very early, um, uh, and I think Katic has, has played well as well. Full-backs are a concern, and they allowed a lot of space, which meant the centre-backs could really be exposed as being good and having a lot to do and, and look heroic um, in transition and I'm not Tyler Schubert were that great but I think a lot of those things will just take time there's a lot of understanding to be reached a lot of combinations a lot of chemistry a lot of trust the amount of times that the, the boy Kent took up great space but 
other players didn't seem to trust him with the ball, um, but he's only in the door, so you know these things are kind of understandable. You're right, Morelos had uh, an excellent game. Um, it doesn't change the fact that he hadn't had one for 10 or 11 matches. You're, you're allowed to criticise what's in front of you, and you're allowed to praise what's in front of you, and he, he, was, he was superb. Um, the, my one takeaway from it, um, from a positive perspective, was um, about the manager. Um, one of my big concerns about Gerard coming was his tactical discipline as a player, or ill discipline as a player. It was really one of his big, biggest weaknesses. He'd be charging around the part like you know uh, Roy Race, um, and you know he was he was criticised on the continent quite a lot for that. And I kind of worried he would bring that into his management. He wouldn't show enough kind of um, flexibility, enough nuance, um, but. He spoke very well after the game, uh, and very clearly we went there to do a particular job. It's not the same kind of job um, we would maybe do at home um, that we would normally do in your your average Premier League game at home. Um, but it was there to do a specific thing, and we did uh, with a goal, pretty much from the training ground. Jack Martin mentioned there Alan McGregor, and I think you just. I just feel more secure when yeah. I look down and I see Shagger between the sticks. Uh, I, I kind of disagree slightly when I say I don't think goalkeeper was a key position. I, I thought all the positions were pretty much key positions, in all honesty, um, to, to upgrade on. And I think that although the bids for Wes that I'm pretty sure the club were expecting haven't come in, uh, the idea was solid enough of where we'll get McGregor in for a couple of years, um, sell him and then hopefully maybe bring through Robbie McCrory or whatever. But he does have a presence that Wes, God love him, just does not have. He's got a, a mentality where he, he knows what it is to win big games and he knows how to deal with shots from... <laughs> like, <laughs> like, from far away. Like... <laughs> Wes, we all know Wes, he was, his reaction time was great, but you hit one from 25 yards along the deck and he, he fell like a sack of tatties, you know, mm-hmm. he was, he, I kind of agree with Martin that I wouldn't have been looking at goalkeeper first and foremost, but uh, it turns out Mark Allen and Steam Gerrard sort of maybe know a bit better and they thought that that was one of the first positions they should shore up and it does make sense, that's where the confidence comes from is from the back um, and Steven Gerrard has definitely pinpointed that and went look we need X, Y and Z and by the looks of it we've went out and bought X, Y and maybe half a Z um, the full back situation like Martin says it is a bit is a bit worrying um, Tavernier for he does have impact on games like he set up Morelos for his goal and he had a goal line clearance against uh, the Croatian team but his defending was like heart stopping at times <laughs> Flanagan at left back didn't look all that hot either I thought um, a few mistakes led to sort of decent chances for the other team but uh, back to McGregor definite upgrade he knows knows how to win he doesn't fear them he doesn't fear a challenge he's played in big European games and it was definite flashbacks to 2007-2008 sort of where a team was set up to do a job, mm, score a yeah. goal and not let in a goal and we were flaky at the back we were um, there was, I'd say maybe two chances from them, their, their left back um, had 
some delivery on him and there was one or two especially the volley from I don't know the guy's name but he, sh- he probably should have buried it yes. but it's it's a solid starting block and I love him for it That that's where you've got to start you know that team would have put four or five past us last year yeah. although I Absolutely think no doubt. still maintain we were digging out to Scoopy um, last year <laughs> no I genuinely yeah. I, I'm not I, I wasn't even saying that for comedy value I just think having watched Scoopy over the two games I thought nah they would have they would have beaten us this time last year we'd have won Scoopy one Scoopy were a step up from progress yeah. like Scoopy were much better than progress Yeah, I think they would have yeah definitely but uh, anybody else just a Touch disappointed that the the fullback that Jack mentioned, the lad with the bandage on his head, nobody thought to clock him with an elbow. Because to me, you know, guy wearing a bandage. Oh, sorry, mate, I've accidentally just elbowed you right in the temple. <laughs> uh, and is that? I think he's the type of player with a with a looks at, but um, his delivery was cracking. But yeah, I thought somebody would have lamped him earlier on. <laughs> exactly, you know, big, it's a fairly straightforward one. The guy with a target on his head, lads. Someday, someday have a straight elbow in his mouth. Uh, Mark, I was quite impressed by two debutants, which were Hart and Hands on Lasana Koulibaly and Ryan Kent, simply because to be pitched in for your first match. Now, both looked, uh, there, there were rough edges, clearly, and as you say, there was moments of... Uh, I think fitness in the case of Koulibaly, who's just getting up to speed, and in Ryan Kent's case, uh, knowledge of his teammates and teammates' knowledge of him. But, yeah. you know, to be pitched right in for your debut in that and told, look, you've both got a specific job, this is what I need from you. I thought they both did it manfully. No, absolutely. Um, it's one thing that international football can, can show you about a player um, having to play with players he, he doesn't know. Perhaps an, an environment that, that's new when you, when you start, you make your debut. Um, it must be a wee bit similar to to what the the, the, the two lads um, faced, and they just look comfortable, and that's that's what you want to see. Um, players who can just do their job, uh, regardless, uh, and you would hope that that that's just built on. Um, and Kent certainly showed um, more than once that. Uh, he was in control of the ball, control of his um, position, control of his, his purpose, and he, he looked very dangerous. Um, and I imagine Koulibaly's tackle will be talked about in years to come. Not like that, but... Um, <laughs> well, on, 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 here, <laughs> on here, Koulibaly's tackle, you know, heart and hand sponsor a guy and he's most famous for his tackle. It, it couldn't be more perfect. <laughs> It's just it's so like Scott's written the script. Yeah, and he's he's well, exactly, and he's he's Scott's type. Should we put yeah, it that way? Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's probably the most polite way to put it. So uh, we were over the moon with that. Jack, you and I have talked in the past on Patreon about being a Rangers player isn't always uh, necessarily just about skill. It's obviously about skill and ability to a level, but you need to have, for want of a better word, balls. And as an attacking player, especially, you need to to have that because. What I liked about Ryan Kent was he took his man on and if he didn't get by him, he took his man on again. again. He'd done it again and he'd done it again. And the thing is at Ibrox, when you take your man on and you don't beat him, you'll get the, oh, for fuck's sakes. But we remember the times you did get by him. You know, Neil McCann didn't get by the winger every time, or by the fullback every time he tried. Quite often he didn't, but we remember the times he did. Is that something about Kent that encouraged you? Because he did look as though he had a healthy appetite and... Didn't lose heart if he didn't get win a one on one. No, you, you're doing that in the final third, the attacking third, where if you do lose the ball, um, you've got to trust your teammates to then cover for you. Yeah, 
I will never get all a player's back for trying that in the final third, where if you do get past him, you're then in a very attacking, dangerous position. And he, he wasn't fair to to work back neither. Like, no, especially I was the last 15, that. 20 minutes. Yeah. I, the, last 20 in particular. And I admit, I thought, uh, you know, youngster for Liverpool, skillful. He's not going to be, you know, he's not going to track back. But then... Yeah, we do the the EPL program on Patreon us three. Um, I suppose at Liverpool, any did Disney want to work back? Would be getting pretty fucking short shrift. I actually thought it was John Flanagan a couple of times putting the tackle in. Like when I was watching it live, I thought that's Flanagan, but it wasn't. It was Ryan Kent putting the tackle in, and I thought that's what you're after. Um, when Murphy first turned up at Rangers, when he was playing up the left, he done that very well as well. That that that's what sort of tracking back doing the dirty work. I thought Murphy the other night had a sort of a good start, first 15-20 minutes sort of looked in the game and kind of like the last couple of games I don't know if his confidence is a bit short he sort of fell out of the games and um, being a bit ineffectual to be honest with you I, uh, I don't think his best position is, is in the centre or the right, I think his best position is on the left where Steven Gerrard might see somebody like Ryan Kent playing in front of him so I don't really know if Murphy's going to be first choice to be honest with you at the beginning of the season uh, before a ball was kicked away they said yeah Murphy up the left like he's first name in the first name in the team sheet but now I'm not too sure I'm not too sure if his confidence is just short to fuck or not I'm not sure yeah I agree with that so I think the, the Scoopy game and that game he started well and then gradually faded it and again he worked hard but didn't have a huge impact on the match now we'll come back to the second leg in a minute but we'll talk about the friendly against Wigan held at Ibrox on Sunday because it throws up a few interesting questions uh, and topics ahead of the match on, on Thursday night at Ibrox the second leg 3-0 victory for the Bears uh, first half an experimental side um, Kyle Bradley made his debut at centre half uh, Jack Anik in goal uh, Andy Halliday at left back Midfield was very young with Doherty, McCrory and Ajaria. So quite a Glenn Middleton played, quite a lot of changes. First half wasn't great and um, it seemed a bit slow and lacking tempo and it just, just wasn't particularly impressive. Gaffer at half-time appeared to say something, which was later confirmed, because they came out uh, right flying out the traps and within 15 minutes were three up had absolutely blown Wigan away and the second half was an excellent performance and up until a raft of substitutions around about the kind of 65th yeah. minute Martin I thought that 20 minutes was almost as good as we've played under Stevie G It's the most fluent we've played um, and it was just wave after wave after wave um, clearly a rocket up in the first half was was dire Um and we, we appear to have an aerial threat um, just about every time a ball's in the box. Um, we've scored quite a few headers um, since coming back, um, which is good to have. Uh, I don't think you can rely on that in Scotland. Well, you need to uh, be able to, to work your way um, along the deck and, and through the middle, and that might bring the, the Jamie Murphy question back into focus as the season goes on. Um, just who we have to be able to just find that, that ball to slip through Morelos or whomever uh, would lead the line um, in the coming months um, but it just had more tempo and more urgency uh, just a wee bit more fire and energy and it was yeah, it was good fun Yeah and Jack we got uh, a look at some, some new players 
Uh, not a debut, I think Kyle Bradley will be anxious to, to return. He looked nervous, made a mistake, and then I think tried too hard to come back. He was hooked at half-time. Uh, Glenn Middleton, though, uh, again, continues to impress. I thought, terrific game, another assist. Ended up playing at left-back. Uh, gave away a penalty, which I thought was very soft. Still haven't, I haven't watched it back. I still have... Well, I still think it was very soft. And uh, overall, a lot of encouragement from him. And yeah, it was uh, interesting to, to see him get the full game. He's he's direct. Um, he, he likes to like see the byline and get there, which is something that we've not particularly had the last couple of years. Uh, although... I do apologise for bringing his name up. Michael O'Halloran had that mm. sort of... Yeah, I do apologise and I'm sorry. He had that sort of thing about him where it was like all he thought he had to do was get to the byline and then kick it over and that was his job done. Glenn Middleton, I think if he could improve his, his final ball, I think he could be a, re- a real danger for us. I w- Personally, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be sending him out on loan. I'd be keeping him um, for as an impact sub. I thought um, what we've seen from the first goal from Morelos, again, that sort of ball from Candias from about 30 yards back, it was almost the exact same goal as the yeah. against Croatia, where you just swing it in, in between the six-yard box and the penalty area, and if Morelos is there, he's 50 pence head, well, <laughs> we'll get it on target. Well, you, well he's, you he's, he's removed the... Um the kind of asymmetric wedge, yes, that he had on his head uh, with hair. <laughs> and he's now got a very nice, uh, sensible side parting. And two-headed goals. And two- I'm just saying, lads, it's not co-inky-dink. It's not, it's not. But that uh, that's obviously a thing. And if I've noticed it, then there's going to be other teams' managers notice that, that that ball from deep are going to have to cover Morelos because he's obviously been told when somebody's out there, you need to stand right in the middle of the goals and just hope it bounces off your head so you don't need to do anything with it, you know. And it, it's boosted his confidence. I love seeing a happy a happy Buffalo. <laughs> um, I really do. I think I think we'll struggle to get somebody in that will be first choice ahead of him at the moment. I'm not sure. Um, I think going into the season, he's definitely going to be our first choice. We need to get behind him. Uh, I know what it's like at Rangers game sometimes where people just turn really quickly if he misses a chance or two. It's not the best thing for him because he is still a child and he's he seems to be mentally younger than his actual age as well. Um I did love his his reaction to the Candace tackle, but you know, he was he was right in amongst it. He was taking no shit from that guy, uh, the that. Egyptian boy. So that's that's a, that's a good thing. That's uh, the Rangers, first time that I Rangers need that. You need players like that that are going to stick up for each other. I think Morelos is going to be our first choice going into the start of the season and I think we need to get behind him and I think he's been managed reasonably well. I don't think he's been shouted and balled at. I think he's been told, look, you, you are a good player. You need to just rein it in a bit and just concentrate on doing what you do best and that is not only scoring goals but he's, he's great outside the box. He, he creates chances for others. He brings others into play. So, um, I'm I'm all behind him. Don't get me wrong. I did criticise him. I get after Scoopy like everybody did, thinking, "Oh, for fuck's sake, he's push." But we're football fans, and we're allowed to be fickle. So, I, I go back to Martin's point on that. I think it is all right to say 
I, not, I don't do it at a game, you know, I, because there's no point of booing somebody or saying you're pish because it's not no. going to help. But um, I, I will say after a game, he was poor. He's playing really badly. And then I don't think it's there's anything wrong with a week later saying he played really well tonight. That was impressive. Um, there is this thing with British football fans that, no, I have decided he's a good player and therefore he's a good player, or I have decided he is a bad player and I can never change my mind. Uh, I don't see the sense in that one. Mark, that's the first time I've, I've ever heard somebody get a standing ovation from the government for running 50 yards uh, to remonstrate with somebody. It was a shocker of a tackle, by the way, for a for a friendly. From McManaman? Yeah. It was, um, and not his first. He famously um, did a number on, is it Hydera? Oh, aye, the Newcastle the new, one. Newcastle. Yeah. Um, and an utterly disgraceful tackle when he was at Wiccan Um, and the usual you know he's not that kind of player uh, chorus rang out um, through through the English media Um, nobody's that kind of player though have you noticed that I know, and especially when the evidence um, <laughs> against that is, is compelling right yeah. in front of your eyes. Nobody, no, I'd no, love a manager to come out and say, I'd love a manager to come out and say, do you know what, I'm sorry, but... He is that kind of player. He is that kind of player. That's why I fucking bought him. Occasionally he's going to break some cunt, there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, we've kind of budgeted for three red cards a year, like that's absolutely true. But no, yeah... Ken Dace is Morelos' you know, BFF um, and he, he, wasn't, he wasn't up for that. And it is nice to see. Uh, read a lot uh, that was missing from last season. It wasn't. The Hibs game at the start of the season, we did the same and we got a man sent off for it. Um, it's it's there, but uh, you know, I'm sure we'll have these conversations this season as well, uh, that perhaps we are, we're refereed to a different standard when players start to get involved. There's a bit of pun- uh, pushing and shoving and, and whatever else. Um, and we'll, we'll see how long it lasts and, and how many take that example, but it is nice to see. Um, but Morelos, if, yeah, if he, if he continues on, on that, that vein, then, then great. Um, I think with him, it's... Sometimes you need to take 5% off just to get 10% more, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Um, he just... He, trying too hard and unable to just uh, shrug off the disappointments um, because he, as many of his defenders last season and, and this season have said, you know, the best missed chances, McCoy's missed settles, they do, but then they don't look like the world's ended. Mm-hmm. And they score very quickly after because they 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 have just got a kind of positive mindset. They goes, well, I was in the right place. I won't miss the next one, and it's just part of the game. And they they they're able to shrug it off because they have a strong mentality. Um, and it, again, it's early days for all these assessments that are making good and bad about our players. Um, let's see where we are, October, November to find. But um, I think there's still questions for him to answer about his. His mental strength, really, his mentality, been able to shrug off the odd disappointment that comes, still be positive, um, and still continue, and still be able to learn. I don't because that mentality is required in the training ground. It's required on your your day to day work and um, when you're taking on instructions from from the management team. He appears to like the manager very much. I think that feeling reciprocated, um, and long may that continue. Because uh, one would hope that it would be. 
Well, I mean, they, they probably do have a lot in common, you know, what, what with someone coming from a, a kind of backwards place riddled with, with drugs Here and we go. crime. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, Alfredo Morelos is from Colombia. Uh, had to Boom. be done. Had to be done. Uh, yes, but moving on then, Jack, we also got our first look at, well, a man whose name is going to be shrouded in mystery. We've been told up to this point he was Umar Sadiq, but introduced onto the field as Sadiq Umar. Uh, yesterday, and uh, <coughs> a long time since I've seen somebody with that type of gait. Uh, the <laughs> Tori Andre flow was the the style of player that he reminded me of. Um, this guy, I think, is going to drive us nuts, and he's going to entertain us, and he's going to do amazing things, and he's going to fall on his arse sometimes. He looks entertainment in a in a big package. He looks a uh, sugar or shite. Like I think that's how you would sum him up. But in the he's, same game, in fact, even in the same move, sometimes in the same couple of minutes, right? in the same like, like in the same run or the same like diving header, he looks sugar or shite. Um, I, I did try to claim his goal as mine earlier. I know it was like it was definitely an OG with handball, or whatever. But I'm, if he wasn't there, it wasn't the grand. So it's it's his, and I'm giving him it. And he's been given the number nine, which um, it, for. A player might. That's a psychological boost, I think, for a player uh, now in the in the squad number game. You get given the number nine. That's that's your main striker. That's your number nine. Um, he might not be the main striker. I know there was there was definite uproar from uh, certain fans for uh, Morelos to get just dropped like a, a wet rag, and for uh, Sadiq to come in. But I think he's going to be. He's going to be a player that will start some games and will come on in some games and some of those games against uh, Kilmarnock's Partick Thistles, whoever, will just put the the fear of God <laughs> into these teams like this six foot five guy coming on who's fast. He's like, rapid. He's yeah, I mean, he fucking hell. Rapid. He's fast. Uh, there was and one run really, really when fast. he looks as though he's on fast forward and everybody else is at you know normal speed. And he just eats the ground up with those huge legs, um, so I, I think I certainly was a promising a promising start for him, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. And uh, he might be joined soon, Martin, by uh, returning well favourite of Cami anyway, Kyle Lafferty, with news coming that Rangers are a two hundred thousand pound bid rejected. The Scottish media are probably the happiest at this news because they get to play their game of. Uh, uh, disrespectful bids and it's a fucking disgrace why don't Rangers you know the only club in the world that apparently are supposed to just go in ask how much a team wants and pay it Hearts Chris are, Boyd having a wank uh, as we well yeah, uh, having as a uh, we are <laughs> uh, the, as I say the only team that are expected to just uh, do this uh, don't remember this much uproar when Celtic bid 1.5 million for John McGinn who has won I think 4-4 so Anyway, but uh, Kyle Lafferty, 200 grand. Hearts want a million quid for reasons best known to themselves. And uh, the player desperately, desperately wants to move. So it does look as though we'll meet in the middle. Yeah, we said that with Jamie Walker. Slightly different circumstances, I think. But um, yeah, uh, it could run and run for a wee while. Hopefully not. He's he's a good option, given, given the season he had last season. Um, showed a wee bit more consistency in the league than he was able to show with his first time around. 
um, and he'd be he'd be good to have. Um, perhaps one of Morelos' problems last season was the lack of support, um, the lack of competition. Um, we we need options up there. We talked in the live show about you know our hopes, dreams, expectations for the season. Um, and I think everyone's agreed that. Gerard can and hopefully will at the very least just achieve par, which is clear second, um, clear blue water between the other ten, and players like Lafferty will should um, ensure our ability to do that and put pressure on on Celtic. Does is he enough in terms of a, uh, attacking additions to challenge for the title? No. Oh. Well, Jack, I mean, counterpoint to Martin's um, out-and-out dismissal of the Black Skull? <laughs> I'm not going That's to dismiss harsh. him. I'm not going to dismiss him, but I, I, I kind of agree. Um, he doesn't match up to Morelos on certain stats, like expected goals, expected chances, chances created, all that sort of stuff. So he's he's not statistically a good a player as Morelos, but it comes down to mentality again. He fucking does not fear them. Um, he will go out there with a disdain for them. He will fucking wrap it into them. He will square up to them. He will cause them all sorts of bother. He will pretend to get milky to get them sent <laughs> off. He'll do all that stuff. Like, he'll do that. Like, and that's what you kind of need sometimes. Like, you need a guy that's got to fucking kid on so that they can't get beat. Like, I- I'm all for it. If it costs you... Four hundred thousand pounds. Um, then I'm all for it. Like he's not a starting guy. He'll come on. He'll maybe start fifteen games. He'll come on in games, but especially against them, Hibs, yeah, Hearts. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I'd agree with that. Will, there, are, there, are, there are question marks over Morelos in those games for sure. Um, and I would have no questions about Lafferty. If you're getting and if he has turned a corner in his career and his state of mind. And last season, in a poor team, um, he still scored a fair few goals in this league. You would expect, I don't know, he adds six, seven, eight onto that, maybe. That's the thing. I mean, I know what you're saying about is he good enough to win as a league? And, you know, Kyle Lafferty, I'm I'm not unrealistic. But then there is a bit of me that goes, is it inconceivable Kyle Lafferty has a, a season where he's on fire, hits 25 goals in the SPFL? No, it isn't. It's not. And if, as I said, if last season is the sign of things to come in his career and it's not the outlier in the last six years um, then then great I mean, I, I, as I said at the outset to answer your question it's a very good option to have um, whether it's the attacking options that we expected to come through the door on May the 4th when Gerard arrived um, anyone who tells you that is probably lying well not Cammy. apart from Cammy, but you just Take that as red. Yeah, no, he, 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 that was the one he wanted. Um, one player out the door, just before we go into the second leg of Osiak, uh, one player out the door, Fabio Cardoso, uh, who had his contract terminated. But don't feel bad for him, listeners, if, in case you're sitting out there thinking, well, what's he going to do? He's, he's unemployed. Um, that's, a, that's a sin for the lad. Um, he, he found a new club already. Um, in fact, was pictured in wow. the strip within about two hours of the of the announcement from Rangers uh, he signed for Santa Clara um, one and a half million quid down the shitter Jack it does appeal that way it does yeah uh, he turned up his first couple of games 
and there's that old chestnut he's a he looks not a right player uh, I think we kind of said it about people like Rob Kiernan as well like he looks alright but Stephen Gerrard's obviously come in and thought he's not even worth a chance in a in a friendly game he obviously thinks he's dug me the guy's got two at least two years left in his contract so uh, personally why why would you just tear that up and leave he was on 10-12 grand a week so he's getting a a chunky six figure payoff I can't blame the player you can kind of blame the club for giving him that length of contract at the time but again old Pedro wanted him and we were backing him to the hilt at the time through not just wages but uh, fees as well so I don't hold anything against Fabio Cardozo he flipped it he came to Rangers he was shit and now he's he's away a millionaire to St. Clara who are a team that I've never heard of so fuck him um, Martin he's not a bad footballer right he's not you look at him and think you have no ability whatsoever he just was not cut out for Scottish football like a lot of um, Pedro's I think Pedro's choices like you could probably fair to say Morelos and Jack Doran's uh, were not his um, but certainly his uh, signings, guys who he knew, they were not suited to the league, and that was that was his his, his biggest his biggest downfall. Um, whether that's a an underestimation or just a just a misunderstanding of of, of the task at hand, um, he was not a centre half who is suited to, to Scottish football. We have seen that story before. Carl Svensson springs to mind. Um, I agree. He's not. He's not a dreadful footballer, but it, yeah, it just wasn't suited. And it, it's, it's one of these things. I think it's fine to say, yeah, that didn't work out because clearly it didn't, and it was not value for money. Um, there's a wee bit of hindsight associated with that with, with with football fans. I don't remember too many people last summer um, up in arms at spending just over a million pounds on a Portuguese under twenty one had been capped under twenty one. I'm pretty sure he had. Um, uh, it that looked a good deal to, on paper. Paper, it looked a good deal. Yeah, so that that's all you can ever do. Is, is, well, is know, it, is, yeah, that's is, all is you can do for a, for a football fan to say, uh, yeah. "Oh, Jesus Christ, we're signing who?" Yeah, right, no, that, uh, I'm telling you now, but that's it's okay ridiculous. For us that, that is an utter waste of money. Yeah, but it's okay um, for us to say that that's all you can do is look at it on paper. But surely that's not enough for paid. It's not enough for a manager, David. Yeah. They'll get sacked. Yeah, and the board. If they've appointed a manager, need to fund them, and they did. Um, those who appointed the manager probably should have their jotters already, and I think that's a different conversation. But if you have the manager in, you've got to back them. We were all, when I listened to this show, no one was um, criticising the board for, for spending that kind of money and trusting the managerial appointments. Um, Pena was a big risk because we knew a wee bit about his reputation but I don't think Peña's stats really actually match um, how he's, he's remembered to be honest um, but this seemed on paper like a good uh, a good idea playing alongside probably one of his heroes uh, and, and Bruno Alves so we were all pretty positive you don't get to turn the clock back and say well I told you that would be shite um, I think a few of us noticed pretty early on okay there might be a, a compatibility issue here um, and I guess the Motherwell Cup semi-final was 
uh, the embodiment of that. Yeah, he was trying to run Windows XP on a Mac, unfortunately. Um, but now we move to the second leg. Uh, this tie isn't done, Martin. This tie is not done. Nope. Um, a good win for them uh, last night. Uh, 4-1. Uh, the couple of injuries, including the, the Nigerian striker up front. Um, I don't know how serious those are. <laughs> it's one of these quirks of European football that a, a one-nil victory away from home, you're, you're still in a bit of a, a kind of nervy situation. There maybe is a bit of a sticker twist about about Thursday night. Um, if we score, I mean they kind of shrug their shoulders and go, "Well, yeah, well we, we still need to score two. That, we needed to score two before then, and this makes no difference." That's a worry for me, Martin, is that we get um, a goal and the crowd go, "Ah, oh, well, we're done," and we're really not done. Nope. Um, so it doesn't change their game plan one bit. Um, they're dangerous, um, but although the, the, the fullbacks would give you cause for concern, um, that that core three, the two centre-halves and, and the goalkeeper, with our boy, um, maybe just a wee bit ahead of, ahead of them, um, you'd hope that we'd, we'd be able to weather the inevitable storms that, that, that might come and go throughout that game. Um, but an interesting challenge for the manager tactically, just on, on that point. Um, you know, we're in the driving seat here, so do we hit them in the break? It's, uh, it's a tough one, as you say. It's a sticker twist thing, isn't it? It's, do we go, right, we're going to go out there and impose ourselves onto this game? Or do we go, well, we, you know, we'll see what they're going to do, see if they can blow themselves out, sit and hit them in the break. Uh, the one thing I will say is, again, as fans, we can sit here and debate this, but the manager and the team have to be aware of, this is the plan, this is how we're going to approach it, and do it, you know, just go for whatever the plan is, hell for leather. You, uh, you see it so often, when we saw it last year, higher level obviously, but Spurs against Juventus, when Spurs looked as though... It would take a miracle to knock them out. It didn't. It took two goals, and two goals that happened in three minutes. Um, and it's the same for us that we have to understand that. I would like us to use the occasion to go out and play a bit of football and put them in the back foot and make them worry about us. But yeah, the idea, and I've heard people say a goal kills it. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. They need two goals, and if we get one, they still need two goals, and that will still be enough for them. So. It's going to be a scrap, and Jack, it, it's going to be one of those nights that I hope the Ibrox is rocking, it's a sellout, the place is going to be going barmy, hopefully, um, and if we can get that, then I think we, we could uh, really be in a position to take quite a tidy team out of the equation. People that have listened to my, my podcast on the Patreon service will know that I, I did start as a betting podcast, where I was uh, predicting what was going to happen in Rangers games, and... Um, I not got one result. Yeah, not not your forty. Good podder. Not my <laughs> not, not my forty. I got one out of eleven right and yeah. donated all the money, all the money to cancer research. But I think we need to listen to Steam Gerard. Uh, I think he is the type of guy that's going to have a plan, and whatever whatever his plan is, um, go along with it. I don't think we'll be going hell for leather, but I do think that we will score. I do apologise for saying that in case things fuck up, but um, I, I think I think we'll score. Uh, and like you, although you said it, it's not a 
it's not the, the nail in their coffin. I think that if we do score first with them coming forward, we hopefully have the players to hit them on the counter with a bit of pace. Uh, me personally, I would be bringing Candace back into the team at right mid in front of Tavernier. I think Tavernier looks lost without him. Like I don't think he looks he looks the same player as he does with him in front of him. So that would be my one of my only changes, whether or not to play Murphy or Ken on the left. Probably Murphy, I'd imagine. He's probably more up to speed and more tactically maybe tactically aware than, than Ken quicker, might be, but quicker. I'm not 100% sure about that. If we want to play on the break, Kent's quicker. Yeah. Kent is quicker. I, I just don't know if... Um, the, the way that Kent was in so much space the other night and there just seemed to be no trust in him to get the ball out to him. Maybe some of the players psychologically might think that Murphy's a better option out there and might want to be more willing to, to play down the left. Uh, a lot of our attacking stuff has been down the right with Candace and, and Tavernier for near enough a whole season, you know. So, I don't know. I trust Stephen Gerrard to pick the right team. His, his backroom staff and Kerry McAllister and stuff like that will will have a plan and I'm pretty sure by the looks of the last four games without conceding a goal we should hopefully be able to execute that plan and go through I'm not saying comfortably but go through yeah yeah well I, I was going to ask you uh, and be honest right you know don't don't try and suck up to the audience here but tell the truth will we get through not ask for a score prediction and I'll say I think we will get through it'll be a struggle and I think it'll be very tense, and I think that we're going to have a, a lot of buttons knitted by asses at Ibrox uh, on Thursday night, but I think we'll get there. Martin? Yeah, pretty much the same. There will be some nervy moments, I'm sure, but I think we'll win too. Jack? Again, I really don't like putting my predictions out there. See Aussie, yeah. I think... Uh, 1-0 I think we will win um, that was what I predicted the other night that was one of my predictions that actually you came did up get, you um, did you did but right. uh, I think 1-0 again will be uh, will be our, be our forte our defence should be able to hold tight we just need to keep an eye on that their left back um, I think he's he, he's a big danger with that with his delivery so again Candace playing out there maybe able to sort of keep him under wraps Absolutely. Okay, well, thank you very much to everyone for listening. Um, we will be back next Monday. And uh, from then on in, we'll be starting back the two pods a week. But we'll be back next Monday with the next free pod. Of course, we want to hear from us all in the meantime. Just come along to the Heart and Hand Patreon site. That's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where we all have shows, uh, apart from the, the regular current events shows. We all have our own individual show. Martin hosts a time capsule where he goes back and looks at a match and what was happening in the world round about that. Jack hosts Rangers Bet where he looks at a multitude of things everything from a shot at glory to crazy footballs from the past you name it Jack looks at it and it's a brilliant very funny show um, and the three of us host the uh, award worthy uh, when the seagulls follow the troller the EPL pod which will be returning soon uh, what a crazy money getting spent lads uh, Dan Seth um, so far yeah I'm looking forward to getting back yeah looking looking next, forward to getting that kicked off uh, Jose's in a good mood yeah, he's bright and bubbling and uh, 
positive about absolutely everything to do with Manchester United. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, he's a, he's a horror. Uh, he's a total horror. I think he's going through a male menopause. I've said it before. Uh, he needs to get whatever the male equivalent of HRT is and uh, see, if, see if testosterone replacement therapy, probably. Um, okay, folks, thank you very much for listening. Just thank our executive producer in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Wiles. And we will be back next week. Till then, take care. Cheers. Bye. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.